this morning, once again, I'm grateful that we have a chance to continue our series of studying the Word of God. And perhaps it's one of those series that I wanted to share with you that I feel it's so applicable. When I say applicable, it's one of those things that we need to talk about. You know, if the word is wealth and money. There's an expression that says money talks, right? You believe in that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> if somebody says, who has the most gold, right? Has the most say? Well, just to give an example, like yesterday we went uh, skeet shooting, right? And by the way, if you don't bring any money, you can't shoot, right? Guess what? There's somebody in the group, and I, I think you probably know the guy. You know, he was with us. He forgot his wallet. He even forgot his license. And so he was already there. So the question is, you got no money? <laughs> you know, have you heard that expression? <laughs> By the way, that was used a lot. Uh, I read a story about it. I don't know if it's correct, but I was trying to get the expression. It was used about people who were workers in California. A lot of these were migrant workers too. Some of them, many of them are Filipinos also. And so when they get their paycheck, you know, there were all these people lining up there and prostitutes trying to get money. And then say, no money? No honey. So that's, I guess that's where it comes from. So like, hmm, all right. But anyway, but that's true. But until Pastor Chris was willing enough to be gracious enough to pay for his uh, uh, game, he could not get into the game. And so sometimes the, man, the question is, does money buy everything? Well, in a way, you can say it does. But it doesn't buy everything that you need in life. For example, if you don't have any money, you can buy gas, right? Can you go to the gas station and say, just give me gas? Nope. You're hungry, you went to Bitter Melon, I'm telling you. You gotta have a lot of money to eat at Bitter Melon. I feel like, it's kinda expensive, but I'm saying, without money, you, you can buy, all right? You can even uh, live where you're living today, but money has a lot to do with a lot of things. Now, what I'm about to share with you today it's so critical because we need to have a good concept of what wealth and money is all about. Now, how many of you today think you're rich? <laughs> all right, okay, that's just a question. Well, if you want to be rich, you gotta be like uh, Jeff Bezos, right? He's supposed to be the, the, the uh, wealthiest man in the world today. He's got billions, billions, over 119 billion, I believe. Billion, not million, right? I'm saying that's a lot of money, all right? So if you think you're rich, compare yourself with that person. It probably isn't even much. Let me even ask the next question. Where do you think you can find the most number of billionaires in the world? Billionaires. Europe. Right? Some people say Europe. Some people say Saudi. Billionaires. It's China, actually. China is the most number of billionaires today. Second is only America. No wonder one of the persons who paid for to get into college, remember? 6.5 million? Wow, to cheat the way to get into, that's what money does, all right? Feeling like maybe I can work my way to this. What I'm about to share with you is that the scripture talks about money. Now, I want to make sure we all understand. Being wealthy and having money is not wrong. Because the scripture talks a lot about people who are rich as well. Think about Abraham. He had so much, but God blessed him so he can bless others. Think about David. 
I mean, I've been reading the book of Job as part of my devotion. It's depressing, right? He was rich at everything and got took it away. He was being blamed, but he was rich. I'm just saying, the Bible talks a lot about riches. As a matter of fact, one of the most popular statements and subjects in the scriptures, even about, about Jesus Christ, is about wealth and money. Do you know that? Because where your money is, there your heart and your treasure is as well. So I want us to look at James chapter 5, if you got your Bibles with you. This is a continuation from last, from last Sunday. If God wills for you to have money, hey, amen, all right? So let's read these verses together. You can read it from there. If you don't mind, why don't we all stand and read God's word in reverence to you? I'm sorry, I think it's, it's cutting off. Maybe it's the way I put it in the PowerPoint here. All right, but if you have your NIV, it's in NIV, James chapter 5, verse 1, verse 1 to verse 6. Okay, you got it? You can't adjust it anymore, right? I'm sorry, well. Okay, even my PowerPoint is a little bit uh, hard to read here too. Right. Here. All right. Can you get another PowerPoint? Hopefully you don't mind me using that because uh, my screen here is also has a white portion that I cannot read it too. So. <laughs> It must be the part. James chapter 5, verses 1 to verse 6. Okay? And if you got your Bibles with you, just, just follow me then. All right, let's read together. James chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 6. It says, Now listen. You rich people. I'm sorry. The pregnant follows. Okay, now listen. You rich people cry and moan over the mysteries that are overtaking you. Your riches are rotting. Your clothes have been eaten by moths. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be used as evidence against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have stored up treasures in these last days. Look, the wages that you kept back from the workers who harvested your fields are shouting out against you, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty, armies. You have lived in luxury and pleasure on earth. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the one who is righteous, even though he did not rebel against you. May the Lord bless the reader of his word. Shall we pray? God, help us once again as your family, as the people of God. To understand that everything we have belongs to you. The riches of this world and the grace of this world is all yours, Lord. We're just your stewards. Help us, Lord, to understand how we can be good stewards of this. I pray that give your people, give us, Lord, ears that are willing to hear, minds that are willing to understand, hearts that are willing to accept this, dear Lord, and hands that are willing to do something about it. So, Father, I pray, help me now once again to give you word with clarity and with boldness. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just about to share with you that the idea of becoming rich or wealthy is found in so many cultures. As a matter of fact, if you go to China, this is one of the pictures you'll see. You'll see many businesses today. It's called a picture. As a matter of fact, I had one. I just left it in the car. All right. But I said, I might as well have, have this on PowerPoint today. This is a, some kind of a mythical uh, monster, right? A mythical animal. 
it is like it's like a dog and a lion and it's supposed to be one that talks about power it also talks about somebody says if you have this it talks about luck you're going to be lucky as a matter of fact when you look at this you'll see it in, in restaurants in financial buildings all over China and by the way it's also here in America I want you to go to the next picture before I forget go to the next picture you see this picture here where do you think is this picture taken you guys are good. Well, I just gave them a little glimpse over here. This is the Hibachi Grill on Capitol Boulevard, right? One of my favorite places. Right? I just, I just want to show you carefully. If you go over there and check the back, look at this very back here. This animal has no output. All right. In other words, all it wants is to receive all the fortunes and blessings. For them, it's about, I want to use the word, hoarding all the good things out there, the luck. And so everything they want comes in and it goes in. And by the way, there are two. If you notice, there will be two, one on the left, one on the right. And you see the pole in the front, it's, it's like it shows power here. It's like, in other words, saying nobody can touch this establishment. We've got a lock over here. And we want everything. Everything comes in, it doesn't go out. And that's the reason why they want this. That is what this mindset is. And by the way, I want to show the next picture here. I wonder about these two guys over here. <laughs> what are they doing over here, right? They must believe in it as well. No, no, no. We just had a lunch over there and we, we enjoyed. I said, let me take a picture. Maybe they can understand that the next time you see this, it is a culture that is found all over the world. People want to get rich. People want to be wealthy. And let's face it. If you're here in America before you came to know the Lord, what was the great attraction of America? The great American dream. Don't get me wrong. And so I ask the question is, how many of us here today are rich? And so you say, maybe I feel like, no, if I compare myself to that, I'm not rich. Now let me just give you a few examples here. If you earn $20,000 or more in the whole world, you are already part of the, the first 6%, 6 to 10% of people in the world that have money. Really? You earn more than that, you get to the 50,000 range, it even goes smaller, maybe part of the 2%. You go to the hundreds, you just part of the 1% people that have money in the whole world. You know why? You know what's the average earning of a person in the world today, per day? Around $1.60. The Philippines, what do you think is the minimum wage? Around $10, which is around $500. Around $10. Every day. So when you think about yourself, are you rich? Yes. You compare this with the world, you and I are rich. You got a cell phone? You got a computer? You got a car? You got two cars? Some people can hardly even buy a bicycle. You get a bicycle, boy, you're rich, right? And here you got two cars. You got a house? You got a roof? Do you have a refrigerator? Is it full? What about your freezer? You have a freezer still in the garage, right? You go to Costco, you buy all these goodies, and later on you don't use it up, you have to throw it away. How much stuff do you throw every week? Have you noticed that? 
I'm guilty. I think we're all guilty. We have all this stuff and wealth in this world today. And church, what do we do with wealth? You see, there's nothing wrong about acquiring wealth. It's what we do with it and how we acquire this. So James gives us a good sample here. So let's see what it says right now. Let's go to the, the very first thing that it says here in James chapter 5, verse 1. It says, now listen, you rich people. He was talking to people that were already rich during his time. In other words, he was talking to the church because probably there were many people who came to know the Lord from different cultures who had riches. And so they were part of the church, a young church that was growing, and they were looking at people, wait, do I sit with these people over here? And all of a sudden, you have this status symbol here. What do you do with your riches? In other words, he was dealing with an issue that was happening before. It can also happen in our world today. Now, one of the things you need to understand, there are four things I want to remind you about, about wealth today. Four things. Four simple things. Number one, if you look at verse two, it says, your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Now, there are, these are three things that would equate wealth in the past. You've got stuff that can rot. In other words, these are grains. These are meat products. In other words, this can all rot. In other words, this kind of wealth that's acquired, it can all rot away. What's the second part of it? It says, you've got moths that, that can eat your, your clothes. By the way, silk is one of the gold in the olden past. Because for you to have silk, it takes a lot of work. Number of moths is to tie that in, and they had all kinds of special kinds. That was the gold in this time. You have all this silk that you could carry, and all this linen that would be used for trading. It was such a fresh commodity. It was passed from one generation to the next. You go to China, which, which, which it's what they call the, the Silk Road. That's what they would trade. You could see the silk that was being used by emperors in the past. Passed down silk that was so fine and beautiful, an ornament that it would cost probably in the millions of dollars a day. Those silk can be eaten by moth. <laughs> They can rot. Third, gold and silver can corrode. Now, what was James saying here? He says, I want you to remind you, you got all this stuff, and here's the big problem with number one. Church, if we're not careful, we can hoard wealth and riches. He said, you like to hoard stuff. Let me ask you, have you seen that the television program, Hoarders? Wow. And by the way, you think they're guilty? Look at your garage in my garage. I'm emptying up my garage. I've ordered some stuff that I've kept and I haven't used for years. My neighbor just had a garage sale. And by the way, he brought me some of the stuff because it's, they're, they're, they're selling the house. said, and by the way, Ken, can you use some of the stuff? I said, sure, whatever you think you can't sell, we have a garage sale next Sunday, next Saturday. Oh, you can have that. And here's what he said. I didn't know I had this stuff. And I just am a hoarder. I said, brother, I can hoard stuff too. I'm saying we love to hold on to things. Thinking that we're going to use it again. Somebody can use it. Why do you have to keep it there, right? You know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about, oh, 
maybe one of these days I can use this toy. Well, somebody, when are you gonna give a baby again, right? <laughs> maybe somebody else can play with this, right? He, he was showing me, he says, I have this stroller here. I don't have a baby anymore. He says, why did I keep this? The guy said, why did I keep this for how many years? Somebody else can use it. Exactly. We got clothes. And by the way, I'm telling you, I'm guilty about clothes. I have my summer stuff and my, have you noticed that? Winter stuff. And here I bring my winter stuff, sweaters. The next time I gotta bring one. I said, I acquired all of this. These are simple things, folks. The simplest that we acquired them. We have a tendency to hoard things. Now let me share with you, there was this one lady who loved to hoard stuff. She was so stingy. She just wanted to hoard, keep things, especially having money in the bank. For her, money was the most important thing. Her name was Hattie Green. When she was around 30 years old, she's, she's known as the, the witch of Wall Street, all right? When she was 30 years old, she inherited like $30 million. She was, this, her name was in the book of records anyway. And so what she did with the money, she decided she would continue the, 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 the business and make sure to make money out of this. She kept it too well. She, she was such a miser that she turned off her husband and her two kids. They didn't want to be around her. She was such a miser. Listen to this. She would eat cold cereals every day as much as she could. So she doesn't have to turn on the heat, right, for cooking. I'm saying she lived in the house. She doesn't want to turn her air conditioning or her heater as much as she could. She was such a miser to the point that people said, you don't want to be around her. Not Bhakti Pit. And when she died, she had over a hundred, as she said, somebody said, she would probably be one of the richest person in the world today. But when she died, there was nobody around her. Because all she thought was just this money that she was hoarding. Church, we could be hoarders. God says, as much as I receive it, you must give. So number one problem, we need to be aware, we must not be hoarders because we can be proud people. The second thing I want you to look at is one in verse four. Look at the wages. You failed to pay workers who showed up in your field, who mowed your fields. By the way, let me put a modern day word for this. These are the day workers. When I was in Georgia, there was this whole group of people not far from where we lived. These were day workers. What you would do when you come around the bend, not far from there, you have all these people just standing up, right? And you park your car and you're gonna say, sir, you need workers today? They can mow your lawn, they can wash, whatever you want. They, so they, they can become uh, construction builders. A lot of them were, uh, I would say, migrants. They some day workers. And when they would come, they would work for you for whatever you would like to give them, right? They worked so hard, these were hard workers. And you paid them a day's, day's wage. What happened here is that after they worked, you got to pay them cash. What the Bible says is that it's possible that you can be rich and you can take advantage of other people. What this day worker would do is that, sir, I work for you today. And the, and the person who hired them says, uh, by the way, I don't have my foreman here. Come back tomorrow, work a second day. So they work for a second day. And the guy said, I'm sorry, I was saying I haven't been able to go to the bank. And for a whole week, this person doesn't have money and he barely has to feed his family. He says, sir, I need to feed my family. Can you give me my wages today? And the guy said, don't you push me. You keep doing that, I'm going to take you to court. 
What would you do if you were the day worker? You didn't have the money to go to the, a lawyer. You don't even have money to pay for your children. They're already starving. And as the day worker says, can't you see my family has nothing to eat? That's what they did during those times. They were abusing the day workers. You know what the poor person would do? What would he do? God, I don't know what to do. Would you please help me deal with this person who's hard me and done injustice to me? They only can turn to God. You know what some people would do? They would go for the guns. And that's why we had people in the Philippines today. Did you notice that? That would join the NP and other groups to say, we want to deal with this person who hasn't paid us. It diverts even to evil. Church, we got to be aware, number two, that we must not be cruel. We must not be mean in the way that we handle money because money can make us cruel. You know that? Thinking that you can put people down. Let me give you the third one here that the Lord warns us. It's found in verse 4. He says, uh, verse 5, says, You have lived on earth in what? Luxury and self-indulgences. Third warning about wealth. Once you get wealth, you want to live a luxurious life, right? Have you noticed what luxury is? What is luxury? Anything that you have beyond the need is a luxury. Have you thought about that? Anybody, the Bible talks in the book of Romans. Anything you have beyond needs is already wealth. In other words, you've got so much discretionary funds. It says you live in luxury. For example, instead of riding um, economy, right? He said, I need to ride business class. You got more money? I think I want to buy my own plane. You notice that? In other words, that's just luxury. Or the, maybe the, when you were here in the beginning, you said, okay, Lord, I think I can, abort, I can afford the blue light special when Kmart was still available, right? That's the latest sale. Or you go to Walmart. Later on, you got a little more. Maybe I can go to JCPenney. <laughs> Later on, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Nordstrom. Nordstrom. <laughs> Later on, you cannot wear clothes that are not, that are not fashionable. That's luxury. That's what the Bible tells us. We're starting to go beyond what we think we need to have in order for us to show that we have it. But here's where it becomes even more painful. You do this in the expense of other people. Now, church, this is where I'm going to ask you to think personally about this. If you look at your checkbooks and your credit cards and your bills, where is most of your expenses going? That is a sign whether you live in indulgence or trying to meet the needs of others. Because God says, I want you to be blessed so you can what? Bless others. This is what is most important to God's economy. And by the way, the more you give to God, you can never outgive the Lord. There was one guy. He was dreaming. He said, one day he said, young man, what if I, as God, will let you live with the 10% that you give to church on Sundays? All right? You know what 10% is? That's a tithe. So when the guy woke up, you know what he said? I was perspiring. I was guilty. He said, how could I live with 
know, with $100 a month. In other words, he was giving what? Boy, only $10 a month? In other words, when he was look, looking at his, his, his paycheck, how he was giving, he said, is that how much I can live with? In other words, can I live with that? That's what you give to the Lord. And God says, if I want to let you live on that, can you live with it? I'm telling you, folks, many of us probably are spending more in stuff than in helping other people. This is going to be something that you and I will give an account for. Now, let me give you the fourth thing here. Because I think what's going to happen when you look at this, it all shows us what money can do. It says, let us beware that we use money even to take advantage of people in the court. James chapter 2, verse 6. Why do you bring these poor people to the court? In other words, listen, you can use money for power. You can use money to corrupt the bright people. You can use money even to bribe witnesses for your own advantage. How many times have you seen movies about poor people? My wife has been watching a lot of these uh, this movies, and sometimes I could hear her, like, just cry. These people are so bad. I, I, I'm, I'm on the other side, like, what happened? Oh, no, I'm just watching it. <laughs> I could hear her, like, she was... I said, really? He says, oh, it's so bad, right? You could just hear heart breaking. You know what? It's true. If you are a poor, a poor person today, you don't have the resources to even stand up. You cannot even pay your bills. You end up putting your money in the pawn shop. You know what? I don't know about you, but we got pawn shops even in many places today that take advantage of the poor. I know it's the only economy where they can get money. But they, they give up everything in order to take care of somebody that's sick, and you got the resources, and you cannot even help this person. You know, at the end, God is going to ask us this question. What have you done with my resources? I'm going to share with you one more story here. There's this, there was this pastor who filed his income tax, right? He files his income tax. And he gets this uh, filing, and the people, the IRS, look at it and says, no, you got to be kidding. Is that only the amount of money he gets? I don't think this is right. I'm going to investigate this pastor, right? And so he investigated the pastor. The pastor came back and says, are you sure that this is only the amount of money you earned this year? Yes, sir. Well, nobody can really live with that, but to say, hey, my God has provided. I have a parsonage, but I, the Lord has provided for me that. And you know what the guy said? Why don't you write down all of your riches, everything you got, all your wealth? You really want to know what I'm wealthy about? So he started to write it down. It says, number one, he wrote it down by one by. I have the gift of salvation. I'm so rich because I'm a child of God. Number two. I am so rich because I have this peace and I don't have the guilt that this world has in terms of sin in my life. I've got peace. Third, I've got this unspeakable joy in my life. Fourth, I've got these riches in heaven. I got a match and he was writing it down. You know what the guy said afterward? By the way, Pastor, you're the richest person I've ever heard. Because people may have all the wealth in this world but doesn't have the things that you're talking about. Listen, you can buy a bed, you can buy your sleep, right? You can buy your car. It will not let you drive up to heaven. You can buy love. 
but money can buy you the joy of affection because a person can love you unconditionally. You can buy food, but that's it, buy you the appetite. Have you hear what I'm saying here? You can buy all the stuff and think it will give you peace. It will never give you the peace and assurance this world can ever give. It will not. This world is all dying. So in closing, let me make sure you understand what happens here. When James was telling about these riches here, 10 years later, Jerusalem was invaded by the Romans. And all the people there lost everything. Church, when you die, there's an expression that goes like this. The one with the most toys wins? I don't think so. When you die, everybody leaves everything behind. Naked you came into this world, naked you shall live. So there's one more verse I want you to look at. Go back to 2 Timothy, please. The very last verse. The very last one. I want you to look at these verses carefully. Because I want us to end with this. It says, command those who are rich. Are you rich? If you're one of the 10% of the world, say I'm rich. All right. Because you are. All right. So just because you're, a be you're not a business, you're rich based upon what the world standards are concerned, right? In this present world, not to be what? Arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides with everything for our... God wants us to enjoy what we have here. Command them to, be, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So I want to close with this challenge for you. Number one, church, God is the owner of everything that we have. You need to make sure you will hear this over and over again. What you have today belongs to God. If you have not made that shift, you better make that shift. Because God can take our riches any moment, anytime, if he wants to. Second, we are only stewards. We are supposed to be just managers of what God has given us. To much is required, much is given. Do you know maybe why God doesn't give us more? Because we cannot even handle what we have today. How can he entrust you even with greatest stuff if you are not a greater steward today? You're a steward. Here's the third thing. Every one of us is going to give an account. There's going to be an accounting time. So here's my challenge for the last part of accounting time. The Bible says, let me be rich by using my resources to have more friends. Use the resources you have to win more people to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I repeat what I said? Use your wealth and resources to gain friends in order they will hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How much is one soul that's going to be one to the Lord? How much will it cost? I don't know. But if it's going to cost your resources to do it, then do it. I want to say thank you, GDCF, here. Because we are going to go on a mission trip. I've seen how many of you have sacrificed, how you've sold some stuff here. You've used your resources to sell stuff, to bring stuff, so that the money that we have, you may not have as much as the world has, but you bring these resources, and God will bless it. 
Because even with the small that you have, you are not going to allow it to be multiplied so people will hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So my challenge to you this morning is this. Where are you putting your faith and security and trust in? If you're putting in resources, the Bible says you will be condemned. You will howl. You know what it says, howl? It says at the end you say, why did I not choose my resources for the Lord? You will be crying, I worked so hard for all these years in America, and I've never even invested in God's work. I'm giving to God, but it's not everything I, have, I can give to the Lord. What will you do with all of this stuff? You will howl because all the things that you've acquired, you've fattened yourself, you will be put before God's throne. This will be used as a witness against you. Because the resources that you used was not used for God's glory. So church, invest in the Lord. Let's be rich in God. Thank you for those of you who have faithfully given to God's work. You should give some talents. God knows that even if you are being oppressed by the world today, he is there for you. When the time comes, he may even bless you because freely you have received, freely you have given. The only way you can do this is by the help of God, is to give our lives to the Lord. He says, God, I give my life to you. Everything I have belongs to you. Use it for your glory. Shall we pray? Well, every hands of God. And your eyes are closed. So this is a time for examination in our own lives. You know, we live in a great country today that we've experienced all the riches and the stuff that this world can offer. Comparing to what the world has, we got so much here today. But yet the question that is being raised up for us today is this. Am I rich towards God? And we reach in such a way that what God has given us, we're now using it so that other people might come to know about Jesus Christ. So that the world will know that there's a God who cares for them. That you and I become that conduit, the means for which we can share this resource for others. But perhaps we've lived a life wherein it's all about me, what I want, it's self-indulgence, it's, it's luxury, we become proud, we become we become somebody who thinks we got the power to even use our resources to get our way. God says, no. It's not always going to be like that. You're not going to give a cut. So this morning I have two invitations. Number one, if you haven't yet come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and you're looking for wealth and money and all the things that this world has to offer, Bible says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? You need Jesus Christ today. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And all you need to do right now is say, God, I realize I am a sinner. I've done things my own way. I realize I've been looking for stuff and things in this world to fill my life. I realize these are all empty. And now I realize it's only Jesus Christ that can fill my need. Today, I open up the door of my life. I ask for your forgiveness, dear Lord, for my selfish ways. And ask you to come in and forgive me and to cleanse me from my sins. Thank you for dying the cross for me. Now come into my life, dear Lord. Save me. Make me the person you want me to be. And thank you for even giving me a life eternal and life everlasting through your son. If you pray the prayer, even today, you can experience the greatest gift, greatest resource, 
the greatest person can ever have. That's Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian today and for some reason you have not surrendered your full life to Him, there's still areas of life that you want to still be in control, especially our riches. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If your heart is leaning more towards the treasure of this world than Jesus Christ, could you say, Lord, even today, I surrender everything to you today. I realize I can be proud in my resources. I can be self-indulgent with luxury and all the enjoyment of this world. I can be doing things that may not even be helpful for other people because I only think about myself. You can say, Lord, forgive me that my resources have not been fully used for you. Help me to be generous like you have been. Help me to use the resources I have, no matter what it is, the Lord, to bless others. Especially, Lord, help me to use my talents, my time, my treasure, that this will be used for your glory and for your honor. So one of these days when you come back, you can tell to say to me, well done, my goodness, faithful servant, come into my abode. So thank you, Lord, for blessing us with a wonderful church, wonderful people, Lord, who love you, who are willing to be used by you. We ask this in Jesus' name. If you made a decision to follow the Lord, it's a prayer that if you want like to speak with any one of us after church, we'd love to pray with you.